floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project, your do-it-yourself dilemma, because we are here to help. The number is toll-free, 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Well, the weather is changing, and in fact, right about now, if you listen to your home very, very carefully, Leslie, you'll hear exactly... Nothing. <laughs> it's true. We're in those precious few weeks where we need to run neither air conditioning or heat. And so it's a lot quieter around the house these days. But soon enough, the chilly weather is definitely going to force a lot of us to reach for the thermostat. And before you do, it's important to check your heating system to make sure it can do the job it is supposed to do all winter long. And most importantly, to do it efficiently so you don't spend too much money on heat. We're going to tell you exactly how to do that in just a few minutes. And also ahead this hour, you know, there are many things inside your home that smell, you know, maybe it's your husband, maybe it's your kids, <laughs> maybe it's your pets, whatever it is, we're not going to judge. But your water really should not be one of those things that has an odor in your home. So we're going to have tips to help diagnose the sources of smelly water coming up in just a little bit. And speaking of water, find out this hour how to keep your yard from turning into a swamp after a heavy rain. We're going to learn about all about that from Roger Cook, the landscaping expert on this old house. He's going to teach us about dry wells, how to install them to make sure they keep your yard nice and dry. And one caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a great prize. We are giving away a Stanley Fat Max toolkit. It's worth 100 bucks, and it includes tools and a bag to carry them in. So give us a call right now. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. We want to hear your home improvement question. Leslie, who's first? Chris in New York has a question about refrigeration. What can we do for you today? Um, recently, I had um, tested my... Uh, house um, with an electromagnetic field detector, uh-huh. and most of my house was fine, but when I got to my refrigerator, it lit up with caution, mm-hmm. and I was wondering, is there either something I can do with my current refrigerator, or perhaps if I bought an, if I could purchase a, um, a newer one, would there be one with um, less waves being admitted? Well, was this tool used right up against the refrigerator itself? Um, it was pretty close. It wasn't like right in front of it, but was like maybe a foot or two away. Mm-hmm. I mean, all appliances are going to emit electromagnetic fields, but generally they drop off very, very rapidly uh, when you get a bit away from them. So, you know, I'm sure that if you use the device within six inches to a foot of a refrigerator, it's going to look like you have a huge field coming off it. But if you were to drop that off to say three or four feet, it's going to drop down to almost nothing. So I wouldn't get too worked up about that personally. Uh, I don't know that you can find an appliance that doesn't have one. Technology is always changing, but I do know that all appliances do have somewhat of a field. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the re- only reason why I was really concerned was because it was there's three settings. There's safe, caution, and danger, and this just the refrigerator itself was hitting caution. Yeah, what kind of, uh, what kind of an inspection was this that uh, tested EMF? Uh, actually, it was one that I bought myself. I had bought um, an ELF. Um, detector. Ah, in a, yep. Yeah. So well, that, you know what? I, I think as you move about your house, you're going to be surprised how many things actually emit electric magnetic fields. But uh, you know, again, if you're on top of it, it's going to be super high. When you drop off to sort of normal um, distances away from appliances, it's going to drop down to very low. So unless you spend a lot of time hugging your refrigerator, I don't <laughs> think it's going to affect your health. Okay. All right. 
Thank you very much. Just think about that. Every time you get hungry and you want to go for a snack, it's not safe. (laughs) (laughs) You'll lose weight. It's a new diet system, the EMF diet. Something good came out of it then. There you go. All right. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. John Indiana is calling in with a question about water. What can we do for you? Uh, Do you know anything about the hydrocare technology that sends radio signals throughout the water system and I'm supposed to have soft water afterwards? Well, I think what you're talking about, uh, there's there's a system on the market called Easy Water that is very, very similar to that that we have gotten very, very good feedback on. And basically what it does is this is a system that's attached at the main water line. Yes. And it takes the uh, the lime deposits and the minerals in the water and essentially charges them so that they won't stick together, kind of in the same way that the uh, if you take two of the same sides of a magnet and try to push them together, they push apart. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what it does. And so it is solid technology. It, it does work. I'm not familiar with HydroCare specifically, but it sounds very similar to what Easy Water does, which we have gotten excellent feedback on. Their website is uh, easywater.com, and I know it's a great solution for hard water. Well, thank you, Tom, and thank you, Leslie. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, it is officially September. My goodness, the kids are back at school. So maybe you have been perusing your Money Pit, taking a stroll around the grounds inside and out, and really thinking about some projects that you need to do. Maybe turn your college freshman's room into an office. Hmm, (laughs) just an idea. (laughs) Well, whatever it is, we're here to help. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Quick, before he comes back home. Exactly. (laughs) 888-666-3974. Well, it's almost time to reach for that thermostat, but are memories of last year's sky-high heating bills still haunting you? Well, they don't have to if you simply check your furnace. If it's too big, too old, or just plain out of whack, you might be paying to heat space that you don't even have. Find out what to do about that after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatru Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatru Doors are Energy Star qualified and provide up to five times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit Thermatru.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you can be part of the Money Pit by picking up the phone and giving us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT. And one of you lucky callers that gets on the air with us this hour is going to win a great prize. We've got a Fat Max toolkit from our friends at Stanley. And you are going to get the Fat Max Extreme Tool Bag, a 25-foot tape measure, a retractable knife, a level, a graphite hammer, a ratcheting multi-bit screwdriver, and a chalk reel. That is a whole heck of a lot of tools to tackle pretty much any project. It's worth about a hundred bucks, so give us a call right now for your chance to win. The number here is one eight 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 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Well, here in the Northeast, it's one of our most favorite times of the year because you don't need the heat and you don't need the AC on, but at least you get a short break from all of those energy bills. But soon enough, 
it's going to be cold enough to get the heat going. Again, the good news is that you do have some power to control the climate inside your home. Here are some steps that you can take to make sure you are comfortable and energy efficient, courtesy of the experts at Train. That's right. First, you want to make sure that your furnace is the right size for your house. Unfortunately, a lot of people have HVAC equipment that's just too big and powerful, and that's not a good thing in this situation. When you have that, you're basically paying to heat space that isn't even there in your house. Now, an HVAC professional can accurately calculate whether your current system is the right size for your home, and if it's not, you can make adjustments there that you know would help you reach what you need. Also, you want to think about taking a whole house approach to lowering those heating costs. Simple things like keeping drapes on the south-facing windows open during the day and closed at night really can help. And you also want to make sure that your vents are not blocked by furniture because if the air can't flow, well, it can't heat your house either. You can close vents and doors in rooms that you don't use. And check out the age of your furnace. Now, if it's more than 10 years old, it may make sense to replace it with a newer, more efficient model. You know, the advances in technology with manufacturers is really amazing. They're creating furnaces now that are more and more efficient all the time. I know the train has one called the XC95, which is really one of the most efficient gas furnaces around. It's got an efficiency that is almost 20% higher than the federal minimum standard. So replacing your old equipment with higher efficiency equipment really can pay for itself. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Don't forget that energy efficient upgrades that you make at your money pit, like replacing your furnace, might still qualify for a tax credit, but only through the end of this year. So really pay attention to what's out there and what you might need to do at your house before the calendar year is up. If you want some more tips on the newest and most efficient furnaces out there, visit train.com for more information. Or pick up the phone and call us right now with your home heating or cooling question at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next? Melvin in Minnesota is calling in with a mold issue. What's going on at your Money Pit? Uh, I have a cabin at the lake, and it's built on uh, crawl space. There's crawl space underneath it. Okay. And I have uh, mold under there. What can I do to remedy that? Mm, you have a lot of mold or a little bit of mold? Well, quite a bit, more than more than there should be. Wow. Well, um, first of all, we need to address the environmental causes of mold growth, which are humidity and moisture. And on a lake space, you know, especially, it's obviously going to be very damp. But there are a couple of things that you can do to dry out the crawl space. Number one, you want to make sure that you have gutters on this house and that you're managing roof water. We don't want to dump a lot of water around the foundation, Melvin. And now number we got two, those. You do have those, okay? You the water sure level is fairly high, too, see? You want to make sure the downspouts are extended out away from the foundation by at least four to six feet. And then the, the second thing is take a look at the grading and make sure that at least around the foundation perimeter, the first four feet, soil slopes away. You want to make sure that you have proper crawl space vents, at least one on every side of the house, maybe two. And you also want to add uh, a vapor barrier across the soil. So that would be plastic across the soil, you know, with no gaps if possible. Mm, you want to overlap it so you're not getting any gaps. And if you can overlap it a good foot just to really make sure you get a good seal, that would be very helpful. Now, in terms of the mold that's already there, you probably should treat that to kill it. And you can do that it, by spraying it with a bleach and water solution, or you could have a, pre a professional um, spray a product that will do it. Uh, I know that pest control operators frequently will treat uh, mold as well, 
But one way or the other, you need to treat that mold to kill it. You need, it would need, if you dry it out to, say, below 25% moisture, it will die on its own. But since it's really taking hold, I would definitely spray it. And lastly, the last thing you do is make sure you do an inspection of the structure because when it gets moldy down there, the floor joists start to rot from the inside out. So what you do is you crawl around in there and you poke the sides of the floor joists or the, or the um, sills with uh, a long metal probe, like a long screwdriver will work, and make sure if you got any rotted areas that you repair, you replace them, you could sister any bad floor joists by putting new ones next to it. So that's what you need to do, but I would do it sooner rather than later because it's only going to get worse. Okay, you don't you don't recommend uh, to dig out uh, the dirt and replace it with uh, gravel or anything like that, huh? No, no, it's a moisture management issue, Melvin. You, you're not going to make the dirt go away. The moisture is going to be there whether it's dirt or whether it's gravel, and if you don't manage it, uh, it's going to continue to get worse. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome, Melvin. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. All right, Iris is calling in from Texas with a toilet question. How can we help you today? Uh, hello. Uh, I had a plumber uh, put in me a new commode, and it works fine, but when you flush it, everything's fine. But next thing you know, this water is coming up between the floor and the commode. Mm-hmm. It's down at the bottom, at the floor and the commode. And I was wondering what would cause that. And this has only happened since the new commode was installed. You didn't have any issues oh, with yes. the old one. I never did have any trouble with the old commode. I just got a new one. It's got to be an issue with the wax seal. When a toilet is installed, new or old, and sometimes even with an older toilet, you need to replace the wax seal, which essentially looks like a rubbery, waxy donut that goes over the plumbing through the floor, and then the toilet sits upon that, and that sort of creates a seal between the floor and the toilet and water, and, you know, this way nothing gets out. But if the seal is not put on properly or isn't fully intact, that could absolutely cause a leak. And if it's been happening since the toilet was installed, I'd definitely have the plumber back and tell him that... Well, I had uh, the was... plumber back, but he didn't fix it. Well, what did he what tell did he you? Do? What did he do? What? what? I just let him go in there, and I just thought he fixed it when he left. I found out it didn't, he didn't fix it, and I called him later, but I hadn't seen him since. Yeah, yeah. So that's the reason why I called you. I was wondering what was the cause of it. Is it a major deal or something? Yeah, the cause is the wax seal, and the solution is simply that the toilet has to be taken up and the wax seal replaced and put back down again, and you should be able to flush it immediately and see if you get a leak. And you get that plumber back there, and don't let him leave until you test it. I'll just get me another plumber there. I think you're going to have to get you another plumber. I think so, too. All right, Iris. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Irene in New Jersey is doing some power cleaning. What can we do for you today? Hi. um, I want you to uh, know what you thought about having a roof power wash. We're going to be having the siding done, and the contractor suggested we do the roof also. And I guess I had never heard of that and don't know if it's really a good idea. Well, what's wrong with your roof that it needs to be washed? Um, well, it's a light-colored roof, and it's got some uh, black streaking. So you're seeing uh, well, mold on it. You don't. It may not be mold. It's it's probably moss. But what you uh-huh. should do is, if you want to kind of clean up that area, you can use a mildicide or an algicide, and you could uh-huh. apply it to the roof, and then you can gently brush it to try to get that clean. I don't recommend you power wash the whole roof because you're going to blast off a lot of the minerals that are on top of that roof that protect it from the sun. So you could actually shorten the life of your roof by being over-aggressive with a pressure washer. But you can spot-treat the moss. Correct. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, take a look in the home center. There's a product called Jomax, J-O-M-A-X, that works uh-huh. real well to clean uh, moss off of siding and roofs. Okay, but what about now? The, the, the house is okay, though? You think that's What kind of idea? siding do you have? It's vinyl. Not a problem. It'll do a good job. Just don't be too aggressive. Otherwise, you'll blast holes in that siding. Okay, great. Thanks so much. You're welcome, Irene. Good luck with that. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. All right, we've got Albert calling in from my neck of the woods, Long Island, New York. What can we do for you today? Uh, my question is about exterior home painting. Um, okay. I have a house that's in need of painting. It has wood shingles, and the paint is chipping. What's the best way to remove the paint, and how much primer should I apply? Well, you've got to get off all the loose paint. And uh, with a wood shake, the best way to do that is simply to wire brush it. Because, I mean, you could use a chemical stripper, but that's an enormous job. But you want to wire brush it and get off all the loose stuff you can. And then I would apply an oil-based primer if you want to make sure that whatever new paint you put on is going to last as long as possible. Using an oil-based primer is essentially the glue that makes the paint stick. And if you do that, let it dry real well, then you could put a latex top coat over that. And that's the best way to get the adhesion that will ensure that you get long-time coverage out of that paint job. Now, do I need to sand it as well? You could. I mean, you, you could sand it. You could wire brush it. You need to abrade it. But you've got to get the loose stuff off because you can't put good paint over bad paint because the, the bad paint will continue to lift off and it'll lift the, lift the good stuff with it. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for your time and courtesy. You're very welcome, Albert. Good luck with the project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Up next, does your backyard turn into a small lake after heavy rains? Well, if it's a recurrent problem, we've got a solution for you next. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Thank you so much for being a part of the Money Pit. You can visit moneypit.com to learn about your current do-it-yourself project. We've broken down jobs by room, by project, and by season all free online at moneypit.com. Or you can pick up the phone right now and call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Well, sometimes after a heavy rain, your yard looks more like a swamp. And if this has ever happened to you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. All that water has absolutely no place to go. Well, there is a solution. It's called a dry well. And here to teach us how to build one are host Kevin O'Connor and landscaping contractor Roger Cook from This Old House. Two guys who have built quite a few of these things. So, Kevin, where do we start? You know, dry wells, they can help take the heavy rainfall and hide it away before it turns your yard into a swamp. So the question is, what's the best way to build one that's going to stand up to the test of time, but also stand up to some heavy rainstorms? Well, a dry well is just that, a dry hole in the ground used to disperse water into the ground. It can be used for downspouts, or it can even be used for a connection for a sump pump. Now, the trick with a dry well is to isolate it from the dirt around it by using stone that will drain the water down and also landscape fabric to keep it from getting filled with dirt. It's also a good idea to have a pop-up overflow. So during heavy rain, if the drywall gets overwhelmed, it's a way to release the water from the drywall. So how about maintenance? I mean, once you have it built, what's the best way to keep a drywall free-flowing? Keep it free-flowing by keeping your gutters clean. If leaves go in your gutters and down the downspouts, they're going to end up in your dry well. And after a period of time, they could actually keep it from draining water. 
Great advice, Roger Cook and Kevin O'Connor from This Old House. Thanks for stopping by the Money Pit. Thank you. Great tip. Well, you can catch more from Roger, Kevin, and the entire This Old House team on your local PBS station. This Old House is brought to you by Cub Cadet. Cub Cadet, you can't get any better. Still ahead, odors in your water could mean a couple of things. We're going to help you play detective and figure out the solution after this. You live in a body pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, your trusted name in quality hand tools. To learn more about their complete line of quality tools and everything for your toolbox, visit stanleytools.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where home solutions live. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. If you do, one caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a Fat Max toolkit from Stanley. You get the Fat Max Extreme Tool Bag, a 25-foot tape rule, a retractable knife, level, graphite hammer, a ratcheting multi-bit screwdriver, and a chalk reel. It's worth about 100 bucks. Going to go out to one caller who reaches us with their home improvement project. The number is one eight eight eight. Money Pit. That's right. Pick up the phone and give us a call, especially if you're looking for some things to do around your Money Pit on some upcoming weekends. And if you've maybe got an opening coming up next month, here's something you might want to add to your home improvement calendar. Next month, the Money Pit is broadcasting live from the Craftsman Experience Store in Chicago. That's right. And they do call it an experience store for some very good reasons. There are going to be lots of demos and activities that allow you to get up close with some of Craftsman's coolest tools as well as lawn and garden products and even check out the garage storage units. That's right. We'd love it if you can join us in person or online as the entire day is going to be broadcast at facebook.com slash craftsman. Now, the date is Saturday, October 2nd, as we broadcast from downtown Chicago, and the store is right in Chicago's downtown River North neighborhood. If you want some more information, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on that day. Head on over to craftsman.com. 888-666-3974. Call us right now with your home improvement question. Daniel in Virginia is calling in with an ant situation and not the relative kind, the insect kind. What can we do for you? Well, I was uh, the, first off, my house is about 10 years old. It's a split foyer um, that's sort of the basement part sort of dug into, a, uh, dug into the hill. And what I'm having is during the spring, summer, and fall, you know, going into fall kind of time frame, um, we're getting a lot of sugar ants inside, both in the kitchen and in the living room. And it seems like no matter what I do, they just keep coming back as clean as we keep it. You know, I'll spray outside, I'll spray inside. And I was wondering if there was any techniques or products or anything you guys might recommend to help to help me with this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, the other sort of thing to factor into it, I do have two small children and two cats. So I'm right. sort of hesitant to put too much, like, killer on the inside. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And you know what? It's a good point because a lot of the over-the-counter pest control products you know, people go nuts with those, and they basically are putting a lot of toxic pesticides uh, around All around house. your house. And that's why sometimes if it's a persistent problem like that, it's, you're much better off going to a pest control professional. Because, first of all, they're going to use the exact right product. There's no guessing involved. They're going to choose the right product. They're going to put it down in the right places, and they're going to put it down in the right amounts. And, well, you might think, well, you know, the over-the-counter stuff could be safer. Not necessarily. When it's done by an amateur, it could be very unsafe. Do you ever see a story? Every, every, every About once a year or so, I'll read about a story where somebody bought a bug bomb, 
and they thought, well, if one bug bomb is good, 10 are better, <laughs> and, you know, blew up their house in the, in the process. So you can be very dangerous with this stuff, but if you've got a persistent problem that's going on for a long time with that, I might turn it over to a Pest Control Pro. There are great products out there. There are a lot of baiting products out there today that basically you put down, the ants pick it up, and they take it back to their nest, and they pass it from insect to insect, and that wipes out the whole problem once and for all. Okay. Much okay, safer I'm, than, you know, I'm, trying to see a bunch of ants and spray them and see another bunch of ants and spray them and so on and so forth. Sure. Okay, that makes perfect sense to me. I All right, well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Joey in Texas, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Um, well, of course, you caught me the minute the speaker on the train came on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, home improvement waits for no person, Joey. What's going on? I uh, built the house about six years ago. And the upstairs toilets are now the weight of the toilet tank is now pressing back on the floor and has caused a dent in the floor, so the toilets are unstable now. The chances are it's not the toilet nor the person sitting upon it. Chances are you may have a small leak under the toilet. Very, very often what happens is there's a wax seal under the bowl. Right. And if you get a small leak in that wax seal, it's going to soften the floor underneath the toilet. One thing to check is to uh, take your foot and very gently press in the area around the bowl and see if it appears to be soft. And if that's the case, you may have a very slight leak with enough water leaking out to uh, slightly decay the subfloor. And, and if that's the case, you need to take that toilet up and repair, replace any of the uh, damaged floor and then put a new wax seal and put it back together again. It's a, you know, it's a couple hour project, but that's most, most likely what's happening. We had actually taken the toilet off, and okay. there is no leak. There is no um, leak, you took it off. Right, it's because we have two upstairs toilets, they're both doing the exact same thing. So it's just um, uneven? They, I, yeah, the back of the toilet, you know, where the tank is, is, is dented in in the back, and they're, they're actually tipped up in the front. Dented in. So where it sits on the floor, is it, is it solid where it sits on the floor, or does it rock on the floor? Uh, no, it rocks. Okay. Well, then what you need to do is shim it. And there are special yeah. plastic shims that are designed to go under toilets, and of course it's plastic because it's not going to rot, and you cut those to fit. And what I would do is I would put a little dab of adhesive caulk once you figure out what size you need, and then put a little dab of adhesive caulk on it and use the plastic shims to uh, solidify that uh, attachment to the floor. You do not want to tighten the bowl down by tightening the, the bolts on the bottom because what will happen is you'll take one turn too many and you'll snap the bowl. And, and that's a bad thing. But the plastic shims are what most people use on an uneven floor surface like that. And just a couple of shims in the right place ought to make it stop rocking. Okay, so I don't need to have the whole floor replaced. No, no, no. No, no, no. There's a much easier solution. Okay. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. The number is one eight 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 money pit John, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? Hey, I just want to ask you guys a quick question on radiant barriers. Okay. I have a. Uh, I'm wanting to do a radiant barrier underneath my underneath my uh, uh, rafters in my attic. Yep. I've got soffit vents already cut. Okay. I'm going to redo my roof, so I'm going to put a cupola up top. Okay. And I'm going to put the uh, radiant barrier to exhaust all the heat before it gets into the house. Do I need to use solid or do I use the perforated? I live in a very dry climate too. Okay. For, first of all, do you intend the cupola to be the exhaust venting for the attic space? Yes, I do. Uh, I mean, a cupola is a you know good-looking piece of architecture, but it's not necessarily an efficient exhaust vent. The soffit vent is the right idea because you open up the overhang, 
But the best exhaust vent is a ridge vent that goes down the entire peak of the roof, not just sort of the center where the cupola is. So you can still do the cupola, but I would definitely couple that with a ridge vent because then what's going to happen is as wind blows over the roof, it will depressurize around the ridge area and the cupola area. It'll draw the heat out of there, but at the same time, it'll pressurize at the soffit area, so it'll push air in the soffits up underneath the roof sheathing and exit at the ridge. And that cycle will repeat, you know, 365 days of the year, and that's what's going to keep it uh, as cool as possible. Okay, so, but would I use solid or use the perforated type of aluminum? For the radiant barrier, uh, so you want to press that up underneath the roof sheathing? Yeah, and now I'm going to put it uh, to the bottom of the rafters, the underneath, inside the attic. Okay, I don't, I don't, well, the thing is you don't want to obstruct the airflow. I think I'd probably go with perforated. Okay. Because otherwise, you're basically creating a channel that where the ventilation would have to go between the radiant barrier and the underside of the roof sheathing, almost like a finished attic. You know what I mean? So I think I would use perforated. Use perforated because I was just yeah. want to draw the air from the soffit straight up to the. Yeah, exactly, and it'll pull it'll pull more heat from the attic space that way too. Okay, I appreciate that. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. That kind of an improvement will definitely cut his air conditioning bills down as well. Oh, absolutely. Ken and I, well, you've got the money pit. Tell us what's going on at your house. Well, winter's coming, and I, last year at, when I would come home, there would be snow all over my car. I pulled into the garage, and my garage is heated. The snow would melt, and uh, the water would seep underneath my garage door. Okay. And then it would freeze. Freezing the door to the ground or prying it open? Well, it would, it would freeze <clears throat> at the seal. Huh. What kind of seal do you have? Is there a rubber strip on the bottom of the door? Right. And it's just so frozen that you couldn't break it loose? Well, you're right. I, you know, I have an automatic opener. Uh-huh. And then when I'd go to open the door, sometimes it would pull that seal, rip it from the bottom of the door. <laughs> really? Have you thought about spraying the seal with maybe some WD-40 or liquid wrench? Well, no. That's what I was calling about. See if there was something <laughs> I could do to... Yeah, why don't you try doing that, maybe keeping it fresh with a bit of lubricant on it. That should stop it from sticking. Okay, that's what I needed to know. All right, easy problem. Ken, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Man, that is one powerful motor on that <laughs> door. There <Sure> is. Because <laughs> I know that, you know, we still are, you know, living in the Stone Age with our manual garage door opener, me and my husband. And... Um, if, human if, garage door opener. Yeah, I'm the human garage door opener. And, you know, ours freezes shut all the time. So, you know, some, yeah, there are times... Have, if I remember right, don't you have the tilt-in kind of door? Yeah. Oh, no, no. It's, it, like, folds up. It rolls up. up? Yeah, it rolls up. But it gets stuck. Well, the seal will get frozen to yeah, the ground well, all the time. There you but go. Now you can try that, too. I'm going to try that this winter. But it's really tough because that, it creates a super strong yeah, seal. Yeah, like glue. It really does. There's no kicking that seal loose, nothing. That's why when I know it's going to be, you know, dodgy and snowy, I keep the shovel in my porch. Well, it's just like it's just like when your door gets stuck from on your car when it ices shut. Mm-hmm. I take WD-40 with the little like sort of nozzle thing, the neat, the the tube that comes out of it, mm-hmm. and I'll spray it around the door jam and in the locks, and that helps me open the door because it really does feel like it's sealed shut. I bet that new tech formulation that um, Simply Soy will do the same because, I, you I know, bet, I try I to be green. Yeah, or Liquid Wrench, all of those products. All those things. Good yeah. idea, Tom. Genius. Right. Every once in a while, write it down on the calendar. I come up with a good right, one. Today's the day. Tom equals super smart. <laughs> 
You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, odors in the water coming from your taps, it can be fairly common, but you don't have to live with the offensive smells. Coming up next, how to determine what those odors are that you've got, where they're coming from, and the best part, how to get rid of them. So stick around. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Where home solutions live, welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And right here at the Money Pit, we're doing some redecorating ourselves, and we'd love it if you could help by hanging your mug on our Facebook fan page. Just text FAN, the Money Pit, do FBOOK at 32665, and you'll be instantly added as a fan. And just imagine how much better our page will look with your face right there upon it. <laughs> it's an instant makeover, just like what you could do for your home. And if you don't feel like asking us your question on the air while you're online, you can email us by clicking on the Ask Tom and Leslie icon. And I've got one here from Mark who writes, We constantly have this rusty type odor on our towels and washcloths after my wife does the laundry. It gets worse when you get them wet. The smell even transfers to our skin when drying off with the towels. We do have hard water in our area. Do you have any suggestions on what is causing this constant odor and ways to eliminate it? You know, the number one cause of that is, um, you know, simply iron in the water. And the solution mm-hmm. is very, very simple, Mark. It's an iron filter. That's the very large sort of tank-like filter that's about the size of, say, like a helium tank. And where does that get installed? It gets installed after the main water line. And so you go through, you have the main, it comes in, then it goes through the filter, then it goes out to the rest of the house. Mm-hmm. So basically it covers all the water in the house. And the reason that it smells after these towels get wet is because it sort of reactivates the odor and, and that's what's going on. So that, in fact, is the solution. Now, the more common uh, complaint when it comes to water odor, though, is sulfur. And that's actually pretty straightforward to fix as well. You just have to understand what's causing it. A uh, very common cause would be the uh, water heater. If the sacrificial anode is sort of worn out in the water heater, that can be replaced. That will straight, straighten that out. Also, sometimes in plumbing systems, especially older houses, where you end up sort of with a dead leg of plumbing, where they say there's a plumbing pipe that's cut off, mm-hmm. but it's sort of a stub. Well, you can get bacteria that builds up in that. And if you can take that apart and flush it out, then that will make it go away. And there are even ultraviolet disinfection systems that work very well that will just kind of totally eliminate anything that's in the water that's causing the sulfur smell. So the bottom line is you don't have to put up with odor in the waters. It's pretty easy to fix. You just have to identify it first. All right, next up, I've got one here from Thomas who writes, I recently invested some money in our home and installed wood flooring in the front room and living room. I need to get rid of the carpet in our bedroom and master, ba- master bath. Just, master bath. <laughs> I'm like, am I reading this incorrectly? Carpet Bad and idea. master bath. All right. <laughs> Just wondering if you have any ideas on something we can replace the carpet with that's easy to maintain yet comfortable to walk on in the winter. Hmm. Well, there's a lot of things they could do. I mean, totally. I don't know why you wouldn't, cons- you know, consider continuing the wood floor into your bedroom at least, and then maybe going with an engineered hardwood or a laminate in the master bath because those are both, you know, moisture, water tolerable. I wouldn't do hardwood in a bathroom. Yeah, and um, you don't have to tear out uh, like the subfloor and put real thick, you know, unfinished hardwood in. Engineered is pre-finished and ready to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And it really, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's basically plywood with a layer of the veneer. Of 
of the actual hardwood that you want on top. So it really does is essentially the real thing, and it looks exactly like the real and thing. You know, so what else you could do is you could put radiant heat underneath the engineered hardwood or the laminate in the bathroom, and have you know a very warm bathroom floor, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I would just put it on a timer so you only run it when you're in there when you need it. Because it's a bit expensive to run, but you know there's nothing better than having a warm floor when you step out of that tub. True, and you know what? In your bedroom, Thomas, why not opt for a really beautiful area rug that gives you sort of the best of both worlds? You get the charm and the traditional feel from the wood floor, and then you get that nice, cozy, luscious sort of textural feeling from an area rug. Whether it's a solid color or it has an antique look to it, it gives you that sort of romantic escape, which you want in your bedroom. It's a great hour. It's a great idea. It is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We hope we've helped you move some of your projects from to do to done. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.